It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. As we start things out, we go right into the phone calls, because it is a show about your calls. Let's talk to Jarvis in Pennsylvania. Jarvis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, you're uh, on the amp line. What's up? This is the first time I've called in since Mark's big announcement, so I want to say congratulations. And Thank you. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Uh, my she's wife uh, she's tri- doing well. Good. Um, my wife and I just had triplets about three months ago, and good they Lord. are the best thing that ever happened to me. So really? <laughs> the best of luck. Now, wait. How long, did, how long is it um, between when you get somebody pregnant and when you can find out how many of them are in there? How long does that take? Um, a few months. Because yeah. that's not something you can plan for, right? I mean, if you're planning yeah, no. to have a kid, it's a shocker if it's twins. It's got to be just a, stu- a stunning event if it turns out to be triplets. Yeah. It's pretty stunning, yeah. Um, and it was, it was sort of a gradual thing, actually, because one of them they thought might um, disappear. There's a thing called missing twin syndrome. So early on, there was one that was sort of maybe not going to make it. So we're kind of gearing ourselves up for losing it. And then it never wow. Lost, no losing. So, um, Are they all the same sex? The triplets? Or? They are. They're all boys. Okay. Does that mean you're a virile male? <laughs> I suppose. I don't know what that means. Does, is that what that means? It means nothing like that. It means it's a magic egg. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, well, they're fraternal, so it's actually magic three eggs. Mm. Oh, is it? Um, okay. So I wanted to comment on your contract that you have with your wife. Um, so I wanted to say um, my dad was and is an absolutely wonderful father, and I'm pretty sure he never, ever got up in the middle of the night to... You know, take care of me or anything. I'm pretty sure most people's dads didn't get up in the middle of the night to take care of them either. Right. So I, I don't really see why people are giving me such a hard time about this. Because it's they... it's the new feminism. Um, yeah. It's it's not like the old feminism where we want to be treated equally. It's the new feminism where we want us to be women, but we want you to do half the work. And right. We want all guys to do everything that girls do. Right. And it just it it doesn't seem unreasonable to me. If you're going to have a kid, you should do half the work. Why is that? Well, because you're in it uh, together. Supposedly. Well, that that's what. Um, but what if you make an agreement where you don't? Well, then you've, that's what you've done. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I would say half the work doesn't mean the same work. You know, I mean, my wife never goes up and cleans the gutters. You know, and that's there's true. things that guys just prefer to do and are better at doing. And there's things that women prefer to do and are better at doing. And that's touche. I'm fully responsible for killing all bugs. I have to take out the garbage. <laughs> Auto Any, maintenance. Anything that has to do with fire and the yard and, care. You know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I understand the bug thing. I've uh, I've tried to get Julia to uh, to kill more bugs, and she's generally pretty good about it. But there's one particular type that uh, I have to take care of at this point. <laughs> so well, they're grody. Yeah. You know, I I tried to get up and, and help my wife with the kids when they were little, but she would always get up anyway and micromanage everything. So I said, you know what? What's the point? You do it. Yep. So Jarvis, did you have any other thoughts or anything else uh, you yeah. want to share? Um, if I could, I have a, a story to share about my kids. Okay, um, sure. So I want, you know, there's three of them. I want to do something special for their middle names. And I'm not really into that whole, like, family name uh, passing down thing. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I decided to give them middle names that mean peace in different cultures. So we came up with Pace, which is Latin, uh, Aaron is Hebrew, and Casimir, which is Polish for bringer of peace. Um, so anyway, um, my mom was at a high school reunion a couple of weeks ago, and she went to a Catholic school. So she was telling uh, one of the nuns about my baby's name. And the nun said to my mom, so I guess you guys are uh, against the war then. And my mom said, you know, yeah. And 
So the nun asked kind of, you know, tentatively, have you thought at all about who you're supporting for president? And my mom said, well, it's, you know, it's a little early still, but from what I've seen so far, I think Ron Paul would probably be a pretty good choice. And the nun apparently just lit up, saying, like, oh, isn't he just wonderful? Everything he says makes so much sense, but nobody's talking about wow. it. It's great to know somebody else out there who supports them, and on and on and on. And she That's apparently amazing. talked with my mom for like half an hour about Ron Paul. Yeah. Just, the word's really getting out, and I, it, I'm surprised simply because I, I'm so used to people not even knowing what libertarian means. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may not. They may not still. They may not still, but they know who Ron Paul is. They don't have to. They, hear, they know truth when they hear it. Exactly. And she just heard him in the debates, like she's not connected to the Internet or any of the whole movement type mm-hmm. thing. It's just that she connected. Good. Yeah. That's Excellent. good. And, and then that just goes to show that the more media exposure he gets, it's good that he's popular online. That's where his base is really being able to, to activate and, and do things for him uh, effectively. But the more media attention, mass media he can get, radio stations, TV stations, the more people like her that uh, that he'll be able to reach. Mm-hmm. This is really important. Great mm-hmm. story, Jarvis, and thanks for sharing it. We appreciate the call. Thanks. 800-259-9231. Continuing, uh, let's go to Windquake, listening in Indianapolis. Hello, Windquake. Hey, Ian, Mark, Wayne. How you doing? Great, Good, sir. What's Good. on your mind? You know what today is? Um, uh, November Wednesday? the 24th. It is the best day of the year, the day that the world needs to celebrate. It is U.N. Day, friends. (laughs) Oh, man. And right now, I would like to kick off this U.N. Day celebration by listing the accomplishments of the great U.N. Great. Please do. Here we go. All right. There you go. All right. Yeah. (laughs) No, they really haven't done anything except form bureaucracy and uh, siphon off money from American taxpayers. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they really don't do much of anything. Um, it's it's largely just a, a you know a foreign debate club. They uh, they get most of their money from the United States, and it seems like what they want to do is control us more than anybody else. Well, what they have they, there are some things they've done, like they've gone in and killed people, uh, you know, in different regions. Africa, uh, they're blue helmeted troops. And uh, they've tried to reinstall governments in places that don't want them, like Somalia. Uh, the Somali people have made it very clear they aren't interested in having another government, but yet the UN intends, uh, it, it demands that it's, it continue to attempt it. Yeah. And, uh, As though um, you know, a, a centralized government in Somalia is going to do them any damn good. Well, it does good for the UN because mm-hmm. it helps propaga- uh, promulgate the idea that government is good and that every place needs a government. And uh, the Somali people are, are rejecting it. Thank goodness. And so we, you know, we'll continue to track the situation over there. Winquick, any other thoughts tonight? Uh, just go Ron Paul. Thanks for the call. Right. We appreciate hearing from you. you. Know, I was going to say, after World War I, they, uh, Woodrow Wilson tried to set, start the League of Nations, and the American people rejected it. Yeah. And they, the, he did start the League of Nations, but, the America, but America wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, after World War II... Um, through incrementalism, the UN was formed, and right. the rest and is history. The funny, thing about the, U- the, American people. Right. the funny thing about the UN is um, what they had to do to form it is essentially to get the Soviet Union to come on board and all its little satellite sisters. They had to give the Soviet Union three votes, and <laughs> the United States has one, and that doesn't make any sense. No, no they're gone now. 800 well, oh, yeah, But the votes still remain. Really? There's it's no Soviet Union. I, they've been uh, they've been split up somehow, and I, I'm not exactly sure. So like sure. Estonia gets half a vote or something, or what? I, well, those uh, that's that country still has one, but uh, I know Georgia was one of them. 
at this point, you're you're beyond my ability to uh, tell you what's going on with the UN, but I can tell you, I didn't vote for those people, and I'm not interested in them passing down rules for me. Speaking of the Soviet Union, did you guys hear about the, the George Bush quote from, I think it was earlier this week or last, sometime very recently, uh, they were talking about it, a reporter was asking him about the uh, the situation with Putin over in Russia, how there's there's like this weird situation there yeah. where there's the government has been disbanded or something like that and therefore the elections can't happen the way they're supposed to. I'm not very familiar with that situation, but George Bush sort of quipped that he's been planning to do that here. Oh good. Doesn't surprise me. I, you know, he's joking and everything. Sure. Until it happens. He sure wouldn't mind it, would you he? You know, it's it it, it I I'm a, maybe I'm a paranoid freak, but I really do wonder are we going to um have elections in 2008 and what is, is the there's person, a state of emergency? Right. And, and is the person that's supposed to take over in 2009, are they going to take over? Mm. Yeah, Fine you, question. Because yeah. I can tell you, the person that's not going to take over is one of the, uh, you know, the the Bush clone Republicans that's running. Fred Thompson's not going to take over. Mitt Romney's not going to take over. And Giuliani's not going to take over. Because the American people will not go for this war being, uh, you know, pushed on. So I think that Ron Paul could have a chance of winning the election. And if not, I think it's going to be a Democrat. But that's only if they have the election, right? Right. That's if they have it. <laughs> Talk about paranoid, you know. Sometimes when I'm driving in my car, I just pick my cell phone up and I sing songs for Homeland Security. Like that is in, paranoid. Like in Chinese, with off-key and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they say that it can hear you even they, when it's off. They could. They they do have that technology where they can uh, flip on your phone. And it's but not the just things your that cell they care about too. you, Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> no, I sang some snappy songs in Chinese for them. <laughs> they've, had, uh, they've had that technology for home phones for years as well, where it doesn't matter if your phone's on the hook. They have the ability to open up that line and, and listen in. And a lot of the new laptops come with cameras built in now, too. You take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Tom, Jeff, ladies first. If you make the call, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Trying to female listeners is there. Dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks and no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Starting at $22 a month, go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. As we go to the phones, talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you something really wacky happened. Uh, Is that right? Yeah, I, got, uh, I was at the doctor the other day, and yeah, I'm okay, uh, but I got <laughs> a uh, prescription... Yeah, I wasn't in a lot of pain. Didn't need any painkillers. I don't need handicapped parking spot or anything. But <laughs> what happened was I got this prescription for 600 milligram ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. So it's just a big Advil. Ibuprofen is a non-prescription pain reliever. Right. But in the 200 milligram pill. Right. So you take three of them and uh, you've got the equivalent. Uh, Oh no! That, that, that would, the label says to only take two. Right. Okay. And, and I mean, and three of them. A pill. I, I don't know how many people are doing time right now for possession of the 600 milligram pill. 
I can't uh, imagine but, very many, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's just a racket <laughs> yeah. to protect people, to protect right. the uh, business. Yeah, so wait a minute. You know, like, Tom, are you saying that you went out and you just bought a regular bottle of aspirin and just took those instead, and you didn't actually go and fill the prescription? Well, I did the math, and uh, three pills cost more than the one pill with my insurance. I handed over my insurance card to see whether you know it would be cheaper with my insurance because that covers prescriptions. It's free. And the, first, the mm-hmm. first question that the lady asked is, are you the card holder? And I said, no, you're holding it now. <laughs> and, 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 of course, I made the point that this is over-the-counter medicine. And she says, no, not in the 600-milligram p- uh, pills. And I said, whenever you fill a prescription, you hand it to the customer over, over the, the counter. counter. Yeah. Now, here's some, something yeah. else I got for you. All right. Okay. Uh, let's say when you were a baby, your great-grandfather wrote down the family history. You know, where he was born and where his parents were born, when they got married and where their parents were from and all of that stuff. And all of Hmm. his descendants, all of their dates and places of arrivals, connections and departures. Nobody did that with my family. And and gave that to to his brothers and sisters and to his sons and daughters. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your third cousin has a copy of it and uses software called Family Tree Maker and punches it all in there and... Then now that's got your information or your birth date, birthplace, and who your parents were, and all of that private stuff. And it's not really private because your mother could, had every right to tell everybody she had a baby, right. and they had every right to tell everybody else. Okay, so not really private at all. But uh, people like to keep it private. And your third cousin wants to share it with somebody who uses. Another software package like Personal Ancestral File, mm-hmm. so they do this export into a, a file that's a standardized uh, called GEDCOM, and that standard is uh, compatible to any genealogy software. And the thing is, it can also be uploaded onto a website. Heavens no! What? So what about oh, it? Well, I mean, I've downloaded thousands of these, and I built this website indexing all these thousands of different GEDCOM files on the Internet. Why? And some people don't like, well, because let's say you want to find out if you're related to anybody else. You want to find cousins that are researching the same ancestor. Well, you, you look it up under the same town that your ancestors were from, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, like a name like Edgington, for example, whatever town your grandfather came from. Covington, well, If there's Kentucky. another Edgington in that... Uh, listed in that town, you can contact them and see if you're I cousins. See. So yeah. you've done this, Tom? You've put together yeah, I, a genealogy I the, website? I put together the genealogy website, and I get a, every once in a while an email from somebody who's all bent out of shape at me for publishing this on my website when it's already on the internet. Right, you, yeah. you sucked it off of the internet and then just put it up somewhere else on the internet, so it was already there. It was already there, and besides... Well, the day you were born, your mother had every right to tell people that she had a baby, and they had every right to tell everybody else. It's and public it was record, possibly, I believe. Well, that's true. Possibly in the newspaper, and in some states, public record. Sure. But uh, you know what? It's just another. It's just an another place, that though, I to throw. where people can commit identity theft. Don't you think? Yeah, but not only that, you have no control over your third cousin publishing this stuff on the Internet once they have it. It's like you have no control over your genealogy You don't post, p- post their Social Security numbers, though, no. do you? 
Oh, I mean, no. Uh, I don't post How can that. somebody steal an identity without uh, a social security number? That's certainly a critical aspect to stealing identity. You can get no it, though. If you have it. a name and address, there are sources where you can get the social security number. Well, it, it's not hard to get names and addresses either. I mean, a lot of this stuff is online. I can go to addresses.com and get most people's name, phone number, and address. Uh, all I have to do is have a little bit of information and reverse lookups can share uh, all kinds of new info with you. Mm-hmm. Tom, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Yep. 800-259-9231. I don't know. Should we feel bad about that? I don't feel bad about it. Look, somebody's got the info. They put it online. That's the way the cookie crumbles. If you want your information secret, then you have to do your best to keep it secret. But if it's information that was already uh, in the possession of another person, then you just have to cross your fingers. People want to know this info. I mean, I, I, I'm not a big uh, fan of genealogy. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, probably... It's a hobby. People have hobbies. People you know? have hobbies. I, I think that uh, probably uh, there were people crossing uh, marital bounds out there, and I know that uh, at some point or another we're all related, so... Yeah, the gene pool got polluted in a few places, though. <laughs> Let's continue with the phone calls. Talk to Jeff in St. Louis. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeff. Hey, good, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, well, um... First, uh, did you guys catch Bill Maher that Friday night? No. What what was on Bill Maher? Uh, let's just say he was. Uh, they had some nine eleven people in there. Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah. The I heard about that. I was very amused over the weekend. I saw the because um, I go to the prison planet for show prep. I don't use it for anything else besides police. But you guys want to get message across like that? You guys go. People don't do that. That just makes people look bad. Yeah. Absolutely, it does. And what I found interesting was that the the paranoid uh, conspiracy theorists. They were very, very upset at Bill Maher. They were calling him things like, you know, gatekeeper. mass media gatekeeper. Oh, see, you got, they, not you guys, but I meant you guys as the people that interrupted the show. Yeah. Uh, they go on the show, they go on, interrupt the program, and they expect, what, uh, cake and coffee like that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, is this the truth about 9-11? Well, let me hear it. Yeah, we just <laughs> didn't have a show planned at all tonight, so let's just put the camera on the jackball in the audience and let him spout <laughs> off for a right. half an hour. The guy who yeah. won't shut up. Well, what's interesting, though, is the, the same people that were chiding Bill Maher for being a gatekeeper for the mass media... Five weeks ago, when he had Ron Paul on the show, we're praising Bill Maher for being in favor of Ron Paul. So, you know, one minute he's their friend, the next minute he's their enemy. They're so inconsistent, and it and really then, just goes to I show that they're paranoid the, kooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my, but I do want to talk about the California fires, but my last comment on this is um, I, people still think, people, I mean, people think that was a controlled explosion. I don't know. I mean, a couple, a couple tons of airplane flying into a building with a couple of pound, pounds of fuel with tons of debris on top of it, burning for a couple hours. I'm yeah. sure that didn't contribute to the collapse. It's just, it's just such an academic exercise in futility. More on the way. We'll let you comment on California. It is still on fire. It's Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system with over a quarter million posts. Lots to talk about, serious issues and fun stuff all there at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. 
Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z.org. We continue with the phone calls. We go back to Jeff in St. Louis. Uh, Jeff, you wanted to comment on the California fire situation. Uh, yes. Um, I had a feeling something wasn't right about these fires, and now they're talking arson in at least one of them. Hmm. And they said that, and there was reports that one, one guy was shot dead and one was captured. Wow. Really? I had not heard heard those reports. Now, were they yeah. firemen or anything like that, or uh, just... no? Uh, they the, it was on Drudge Report, CBS News Link. Hmm. Uh, one guy has been captured, and but they haven't released the name of the guy or any information like that. Because we were talking about during the break, there was a situation at some point where firemen were actually caught setting fires. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know if it was the fire, I don't know if that was the same one, but they said there was a guy that was caught on a motorcycle trying to flee police. Hmm. Interesting. Thanks for the call, Jeff. We uh, appreciate you. hearing from you. As we continue and talk to Brian, and we'll come back to the fires because uh, Lou Rockwell had an excellent commentary on it today. Uh, let's go first to Brian in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live, Brian. Hey guys. Hey Wayne. Hey, what's hey shaking, Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, Tom is on prescription medication, huh? That that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you guys know, uh, I had a uh, uh, I was involved in a car crash here about uh, like ten weeks ago tomorrow, I think, mm. uh, and a, a Lincoln Town car going uh, sixty miles an hour down the road. I just found out. Uh, actually, I got the police report. Of course, it takes forever to get that stuff to right. find out exactly what happened. And I, I think it's wrong. I mean, you know, what I remember is not what is put down there. But you know, I was kind of not really. <laughs> A little groggy. What I was doing, a little groggy. But um, this guy, you know, three tons of uh, of, uh, of steel and leather going sixty miles an hour. It totaled four cars on the freeway. Four cars had to be carried off. Wow. And uh, everybody walked away except for me. I had a little hip problem. Anyway, um, uh, Wayne there has been uh, calling me every week and busting my ass about uh, about things. <laughs> He's and, so uh, sweet. <laughs> I've been recovering and I'm walking today. Excellent. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, 10 weeks ago. So uh, uh, it, it's all the uh, all those good herbs that uh, that Wayne set me up with, and <laughs> I've just been, been keeping off of it. You know, I've been, uh, been very religious about not putting zero weight on it, mm-hmm. and my physical therapist the other day says, yeah, you can walk it. I, I can't crawl on my knees. Right. Because when, when I do that, the, the weight is, is going to hit that thing that got broke. Mm. But I, I'm, I'm very careful about, you know, standing up straight and watching where my toe goes. Wow. Well, congratulations, Brian. That's great news. So I guess you will be making it out to the Liberty Forum in January then. Oh, I'd make it out if I had a wheelchair. Very good. Very good. Looking forward to seeing you then. So the guy with the limp will be Brian. Yeah. That's right. Unless you can get rid of the limp by then. Yeah, what's really weird is I'm learning how to walk again. I mean, I can't walk right. I mean, I I don't know what's wrong, but, you know, I'm going to have to have somebody look at me or have to look and, you know, walk into a mirror or something to make sure everything is okay. It's weird, isn't it? It's not quite like getting back on a bicycle. It's uh, not that I have any idea about how to walk again, but I had a problem with my uh, my fingers earlier this year, and I haven't been using my right finger at all because it was the most affected of all of my fingers. I've been using my middle finger to click my mouse and that sort of thing. And uh, like two a week ago, I decided maybe I should try using my old finger again, and it was I felt kind of crippled. I couldn't. It wasn't that it was hard to click things or move it. I could. It just. I wasn't used to it. I hadn't been using it for months, and it was, it was just very strange. I felt like I had to relearn how to use my fingers. So, yeah, I can sort of relate. Yeah, you, 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 you lose that muscle memory. I mean, there's something in the muscle that, you know, remembers how to, you know, you don't think about walking when you walk. Your muscles do all that for you. And yeah. Your, your brain, the part of your brain that does all that stuff. The rest your of your autonomic brain. system, I think. 
autonomic. I, yeah, I don't think right. that's part of it. No. Uh, that's smooth muscles and stuff like that. Yeah. But there are neuromuscular pathways. Very good. Congratulations, well, I, Brian. I, I, one more thing. I, yeah. I, I am woefully behind on the podcast, but if you guys talked about this November 5th.com. No. no, not yet. This is the money bomb thing. Uh, I yeah, think... it, uh, this November 5th.com, they're trying to get 100,000 people to each donate $100 to Ron Paul. It's a pretty lofty goal. How close are they? Well, they have 8,000 people signed up now. Hmm. But uh, the, the, the way to do it is to get the word out. Anybody who's heard of it that I've talked to has signed up right away. It's not an unreasonable um, amount, $100. That's within the reach of most people. Uh, most of the people that are uh, you know, uh, donating to me, taking off my shirt for Ron Paul, um, are wanting to donate on November the 5th. So It's a fine idea. Well, you, I'll probably... you remember what, what November 5th is? Yes. That's why they picked it. Remember, Guy remember, Day. Guy Fox Day, V for Vendetta, right. all that good exactly. stuff. Brian, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Sure. 800-259-9231. Um, let's see. Oh, there's uh, there's another website that's sort of going around the Ron Paul circles. People are pretty excited about this uh, operation, Live Free or Die. Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. I contacted the uh, gentleman who, who's behind that today. We'll see if we can get him set up for an interview because people are really – this is one of those things where a bunch of listeners have sent me this. And, yeah. Hey, you should talk to this guy. Okay. Well, it's one of the guys from Google. Really? If you uh, If you saw the interview – with Ron Paul at Google, which in my opinion was one of the best interviews he's done so far. Uh, because well, they really he, got to sit down with him. Yeah, he really had enough time to explain himself, and the questions were really great. And uh, Google, the guy that was doing the questions for Google, was very open-minded, very supportive. And anyway, one of the guys that uh, stepped up to a microphone, I couldn't, I can guess at pronouncing his name, VJ, B-I-J-A-Y. He's one of the engineers at Google. In fact, he flew to Seattle just to, to talk to Ron Paul. So this is his idea and in essence, uh, the website is seattleliberty.com. The, the program is Operation Live Free or Die. What they're going to do is they're going to get activists to move to New Hampshire to live there for at least a month, apparently, uh, during the New Hampshire, uh, right up before and during the New Hampshire primary. To really primary campaign hard when, you know, when it counts. Paul. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So pretty cool idea, and if we can help him promulgate that, uh, populate that idea, then, then I think that would be a good thing. So. We'll see if we can get them on the show. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Lou Rockwell over at LouRockwell.com, the man behind the site, mm-hmm. had a few things to say about the California fires. And it tie, a lot of it ties into what we talked about yesterday. Uh, he's got a little bit more information, more citations than what we did, and it's very good. He says, how fashionable it is to love nature. Down with industry, development, internal combustion engines, clear-cutting, strip malls, and private ownership. Capitalists have uh, do nothing but ravage the beauty of Mother Earth. The hand of man only strangles and kills. If you agree with the above, you'll love the fires that have driven half a million people from their homes in California. And actually, as of today, I think it was uh, one million people that have been displaced. And destroyed 1,200 houses. President Bush is dumping your money in the form of aid on these suffering souls, and the flames rage on. In these wretched infernos that consume civilization, we see the truth about nature. It is beautiful when it's controlled and owned and put to our use. When it is left to its own devices, however, it is mean, dangerous, cruel, and often thoroughly evil. It is, as Albert J. Knox said, the enemy. The fires force us to choose. We thrive and rule over nature, or nature rules and eats us alive. The tendency nowadays is to believe we can have it both ways. Mm. That we can build great cities and gorgeous suburbs, amass glorious wealth, live in comfort, and meanwhile let the surrounding areas take their natural course. This allows us to sit in the safety of our homes with a pious sense that we've done right by Mother Nature, and she will bless us. 
In fact, she has not blessed Southern California. She has been unleashed and is gorging herself on civilization itself. What went wrong? Well, the problem is in the theory of environmentalism. Under it, ownership is the enemy. Nature is an end in itself. So it must be owned publicly, that is, by the state. The state and its management of the land must not do anything to it. There must not be controlled burning, brush clearing, clear cutting, or even tourism. We can admire it from afar, say they, but the work of human hands <laughs> what, is it from a helicopter must never interfere. <laughs> the, the knowing that it's there. And this is the thing that I, I, I always think is silly about the uh, nature folks is well, you usually don't see them out in nature. You see them at a coffee shop sipping uh, yeah. their coffee and, and you know talking their socialist tripe. They don't really want to be bothered with nature very much. They just... Right. Nature's over there and we're over here and you can't They're just malcontents. Uh, well, then the brush begins to gather. It piles higher and higher. Old growth rots. And uncontrolled growing leads to crowding, which is what we were talking about yesterday. The reason, one of the major reasons these fires happen the way they do is because government doesn't know how to manage land. It, it just doesn't. More on the way. You can take control or it just doesn't care. One or the other. You can bring up anything more about fire. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Features for free, and if you like the show, then you can help support Free Talk Live by amping. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, become a Free Talk Live amplifier. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is, if you enjoy the fact that we give the website away... Send us a few bucks. Those other guys are charging you in advance for getting on their sites. We're giving you everything up front and then just asking for your support. And hundreds of our listeners have decided to do so, which we really appreciate because that money comes in and it allows us to go back out and and spread the show to new radio stations to get more new listeners on board with the message of freedom and liberty. And if that's valuable to you, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn more about the program. Learn about the perks you get access to, including the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only chat room and forum. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. So, Lou Rockwell, the man behind lourockwell.com. He actually writes for his own site from time to time, and uh, he has done a, uh, a great job just trashing on the government when it comes to fighting fires. And we talked about last night how... We know that government is inefficient, that government is force, and when an agency only knows how to do business by using force, it inevitably isn't going to have the same incentives that regular businesses will. That's right. It's not interested in customer service because it can get your money from you whether you like their service or not. Right, and, and firefighters are good folks and want to do their jobs, but sure. In, uh, you know, it's the... It's the advancements, the stuff that's going to be done by the upper echelon in the fire department, the guys that uh, don't fight fires but, uh, you know, fly desks. Sure. You know, those guys are going to be less likely to um, innovate and do research. There's no research and development in your fire department. And, And I'm not saying they're bad guys either. I'm just saying the incentives are that 
you know, they sit there and, and they wait for a fire to happen, and then they fight the fire the same way they've been fighting fires for hundreds of years. They throw water at it. Now, maybe some... They got um, those new chemicals they dump right. out of the planes. But the firefighters and the, and, and the fire chiefs didn't come up with those chemicals. No, those chemicals didn't. were, um, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, made on the open market between companies that said, you know what, we can probably come up with a better chemical than water to fight, wa- to fight fire. Right. So they did. Yeah. But that doesn't change that the firefighters haven't really changed how they fight fire. Not so much. You should also remember that in the last 30 or 40 years, huge, huge tracts of land have been taken by individ- to, uh, from individuals by the government in the name of conservation and all this baloney. I have a, fr- a personal friend whose family owned a beautiful hunting lodge up in the mountains uh, just north of Los Angeles that was taken from them uh, mm-hmm. under these, the guise of conservation. And when, it, when a bunch of individuals own property like this, they're going to be more likely to clear it and take care of it. When the government owns huge tracts like this, they just can't possibly manage it all. And then you have a situation like this where fire starts in one place and just ravages an entire area. That'll Even be- when they try to manage it, they would hire um, you know three or four people uh, versus the one that was needed to manage that particular area, and, and they're just not going to do as much. It's absolutely the case. Lou, Lou Rockwell continues. Uh, he points out that when government manages land, it pretty much is a hands-off approach to it. So the the growth builds and the, the underbrush gets um, tighter and bigger and uh, it crowds everything out. And, and this stuff's just fuel. Right. And when the weather gets hot enough, it combusts. And then the winds blow and the fires spread. It's been the same story for several decades now, ever since the loony theory that nature should be left alone took hold. Next, we come to the government's response. Now, this is an interesting aspect we didn't cover yesterday, which amounts to run for your life or we arrest you. That's what a mandatory <laughs> evacuation is, right? <laughs> they say that evacuations are the best way to protect people, but this defies good sense because you're essentially abandoning everything you've worked hard to build so that nature can take its course. You just know that crazed environmentalists secretly love this approach, thinking, and they think things like, that's what you get for building those stinking houses in places where animals and plants should rule. Next, we turn to the government's glorious firefighting units. As with all government bureaucracies, they resist new technology. They don't plan for or assess risks. They run around spraying water and chemicals on everything, regardless of effectiveness or cost. But meanwhile, they crowd out private fire control efforts. They tell us to flee, and then they put an antique government bureaucracy in charge and expect us to be happy about it. Finally, when the disaster ends, the federal government dumps billions in aid as a way of placating us. This is an insane approach. Our own money. That's, the government's not dumping any right. aid. <laughs> uh, it's an insane approach, or rather, it's the only sane approach, if the goal is to see civilization wiped out and meanwhile expand the state. Oh, there's one more action that government takes. Officials express profound sadness and regret that it's all happening. And we just sit back and say, well, heck, I guess there's nothing that can be done about it. They're sad. Ridiculous! Are we under the impression that private markets can't handle risk management? Private markets specialize in protection of property, particularly against natural risks. If the land were privately owned, it would be protected against burning through better management. If it had to be burned, the burning would be controlled. Unexpected events like droughts and winds would be calculated into management decisions. What's more, there would be serious liability issues. Any owner of property who let fires rage would be directly responsible for imposing fires on others. This is the way markets work. If my bathtub overflows, floods my house, and then the waters flood my neighbor's house, I am responsible via my insurance policy. Right so. So yes, there would be a price to pay for fires on your land that harm others' property. But what do we have today? Well, we have fires that are no one's responsibility. 
Oddly, and by some strange practice that dates back to the beginning of time, rulers are not to be held responsible for actions that take place on their watch. It's called sovereign immunity. And it's just wrong. So the government is not liable. It should be, but it isn't. So putting government in charge is always a perfect storm for disaster without responsibility. Your job, citizen, is to flee, pay, and obey. It gives new meaning to the famous quote from George Washington, Government is not reason, it's not eloquence, it is force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and, and a fearful, fearful master. master. Yep. Great little uh, little story. From it is a great one. I love him. I'd hate to find out that he didn't really say that crap. No, well, he did. Yeah. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just think about it. Now, Julia, my girlfriend, was on the, uh, the radio and on television the other day, and... One of the issues came up. There's a fire station issue here in Keene, New Hampshire. Like, well, where should we build a new fire station? Should it be here or over here? Should we keep it where it is? That's what the, the issue is, right? Mm-hmm. But then, of course, that led to a discussion about uh, volunteerizing the funding for the fire department, which they didn't uh, – the callers on one particular show didn't take too kindly to that idea. No, I can imagine that that went very, very poorly. And they were pretty hostile uh, towards her about it, and she hadn't quite yet formed her viewpoint. It's not, to, an, easy, it's not an easy question to, uh, to, 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 to have to deal with. Yeah, right. And uh, so but, – but I think Lou Rockwell's making an interesting point here that should be brought up, that you can't sue the government fire department if they don't protect you. Like, you can pull the fire alarm, and then you just have to cross your fingers and hope that they get there in time to put it out before too much damage is done. There is no liability when it comes to government fire protection. And so when when she offered the solution of, well, let's just find voluntary ways to do things, and then they said, well, volunteer fire departments, they just, you know, they don't get there in time. And she said, well, no, it's not necessarily that it would have to be a volunteer fire department. We could have the marketplace handle, handle these things via insurance policies and that sort of thing. And even though she stated that, and to people like us, that makes sense. Oh, fire insurance. I'd buy that, right? I, wouldn't you buy that as a homeowner? You'd purchase sure. some fire insurance. In Everybody fact, does. your insurer might want you to have that in order to insure your house in the first place. But now because government's around, the insurers presume the government will take care of the situation. Sure, why wouldn't they? they? It's, it's more cost effective. Right, and they, and they leave it at that. But people didn't get it. Like some of the people that called in, they acted as though if the government weren't taking care of fire protection... We would all be that, swept up right, into a big that flaming mess. If there was a fire started, your house will burn down. That there's no way that it could possibly be protected by people in the marketplace, by people in search of profit. And it just, it's so myopic. I don't understand. Why is it that people are so obsessed with having the government handle fire protection? Oh, well, because it's, it's always the, been that way? No, it's because people don't want to think about fires. Fires are a, a bad thing to think about, mm-hmm. not much fun to think about a fire. And secondly, I don't have to deal with it on a regular basis. I would like, you know, fr- from the average citizen standpoint, I want that fire thing taken care of. And the government says that it takes care of fires. I haven't seen anybody who can take care of fires better than the government. Right. They have some wins. Uh, certainly they have some losses, but after all, it's fire. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You're going to you know, t- buy your insurance, you're going to try to be careful with fire, and then if something happens, the fire department takes care of it. It's completely uh, an issue of just abdication of responsibility. Right. What about whatever happened to smoke detectors? And I keep two or three fire extinguishers in the house at all yeah, times. Darn well better. Yeah, I've got two here as well. Now, I don't know. We were actually corrected. I was corrected because I used the term abdicate before, but I think abrogate might be the right one. 
have to look into that. Yeah, well, our listeners are smarter than we are. I know. 800-259-9231. Smartest listeners in all of talk radio. Uh, that's my claim. Anyway, you can bring up anything. Hour number two is coming up. There's a new secret weapon that I think us liberty activists need to take on. Monkeys. We'll explain. <laughs> coming up in hour two. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. As we go into the phone calls and we'll talk about the monkeys, the secret weapon in a moment here. Uh, but first, John in Michigan. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, hello. Hi, John. What's on your mind? Uh, I'd just like to talk about the fire suppression methods. Sure. Um, there are... There are a lot of methods to to get rid of fire. Um, If people do a Google search for nitrogen foam or nitrogen fire suppression, Mm -hmm. um, you can fill your house with nitrogen and no fire can burn. And they have uh, spray foam that they spray the exterior of the house and the surroundings with nitrogen Home. Right, we were talking and about that yesterday, and it was interesting because the article tried to spin it as though this was something that can only be afforded by the rich. Well, if we were allowing the marketplace to actually handle fire protection, the prices would come down through competition and, and more innovation and, and demand from consumers. So, yeah, there are some really neat products out there. Unfortunately, the fire departments don't really have any interest in offering them to you. They're not coming around house to house offering you a nitrogen fire protection service or any sort of foam protection service. You'd have to do that. You'd have to go out there on your own and uh, seek those services out. Uh, the reason that it's not uh, accepted is because the insurance companies won't cover the cost of it because uh, there's, you know, there might be somebody in the house when the nitrogen is dispersed. So hmm. they won't take that risk. That's interesting. Well, the, the one the story we read was only talking about the foam. So this this insurance company was doing the foam thing, and it didn't mention the nitrogen as a, as an option. I would that would seem like something you could waive. Like you could waive that. Uh, just sign a form. Look, I don't care. I'll take your nitrogen service. You know, they, the, the state doesn't let them um, sign. The, the tort system has become so uh, anti, anti-business that essentially it, it doesn't. You know, the the courts don't hold people to the things that they sign. John, do you have yeah. any other thoughts? Uh, the other thing is, though, um, you know, the the spray foam, the fire company should be using it. It's cheap. It's not that expensive. The fire companies themselves should have it. Um, well, the problem is they aren't companies. They're uh, government agencies. They're bureaucracies. Well, they call themselves companies. Right. <laughs> they're not actually yeah. companies because they don't operate under the same uh, the same marketplace mentality. They aren't doing business on a voluntary basis. And that's really all that needs to change. Uh, the, then I can really have a lot more respect for the firemen because then they wouldn't be getting their funding coercively through the government. Then they'd have to come up with some unique maybe original ideas as to how to make some money and maybe go around and offer uh, a little bit of fire insurance to every homeowner in the entire area. It wouldn't seem hard to get the money. The money's out there. 
they're offering a service that everybody wants. Yeah, it really is true. John, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I'm not saying get rid of the fire department. I'm saying give them the opportunity to innovate. Give them the opportunity to compete in the marketplace. And yes, that does mean somebody else could start their own fire company and compete against them. And I understand that probably makes them nervous, but that's how we all have to live. We all, all of us who live in the voluntary world, all of us who live in the marketplace that aren't government bureaucrats, at any time, a competitor can jump up, well, unless we're regulated by the government, in which case the government keeps out competition, like in the world of radio stations. But in (laughs) most places, uh, for instance, radio shows, you can go and start your own radio show tomorrow if you want to. Compete with us. Good luck with that. You can do it. (laughs) Well, a good example of of that would be security uh, monitoring services where you have your alarm go off in your house, and you can pick what company actually monitors your your alarm system. Yep. And, and you can change it, too. If you don't like their service or you hear something about them that you don't like, maybe they gave somebody else, another customer, bad service, you can throw up your hands and choose somebody else because there are other choices. With government, there is no other choice. That's right. Well, unless you are super wealthy. Again, there was a story out of California about a an insurance company that that insures $2 million homes on average, if you can afford that sort of thing, then there there is extra coverage out there for you. But it hasn't been brought down to the regular market uh, segments yet because there's just not enough competition because of the government's existence, because of government fire protection. That needs to end. It never ceases to amaze me how human beings can innovate when they have to. They they say that necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, when you get when you allow the free market to work, it works every time. We always find a way. We find a way to get to the moon, if you believe we went to the moon. And, <laughs> and I do. And I do, too. <laughs> but uh, we, you can find a way. You know, this jackball called in uh, the show that Julia was on the other day, and he, he said, well, don't you know how all those volunteer fire departments are funded? Well, well, largely they're funded, they're funded by the cities, yeah, by well, the towns. towns. Yes, they they're, are. They're funded by the government. If it weren't for government, you wouldn't have any fire protection. Dear God, no. Well, just because that's the way it's done doesn't mean that's the way it's always going to be. It's like saying, well, cars run on gasoline, and it can't be done any other way. Well, then somebody well, in else fact it can. Someone else called and claimed that, well, back in the day it was done privately, and that wasn't good enough, so government took it over. Well, I'm not sure that it wasn't good enough, but there were probably there were probably some uh, failings inside the marketplace that people felt like could be handled better by the government. They were wrong. Uh, you know, it, likely there was a, a situation where you know a fire company came. It used to be essentially um, fire companies would run out to a fire and then uh, either negotiate on the spot mm-hmm. or they would uh, have a you know the 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 first one to put out the fire the the insurance company would pay. Right. So they had to they were they had to be sure whether or not they were going to get paid. And it's likely they came upon somebody who said, "I'm not going to pay you. That's too much." And they let their house burn down and then blame the fire department. Yep. 800-259-9231. Well, I have a solution to all of these government problems. We've been trying to figure out for years on this show how to get the government out of all these areas that they're in. They don't belong. We want to get cut it way down to size and then maybe get rid of it if if I could have my way. But there's, it's always seems so difficult because there's a system and, you know, you're supposed to work inside of it. And you know, some people want to work outside the system, and that's good, too. But it really, despite all of the activity and all of the action both in and outside of the system, very little has been accomplished in, in, towards getting government right, getting slashed things down. Done. So I have the secret. Uh, let's go to India for the story. The BBC, the deputy mayor of the Indian capital, Delhi, has died a day after being attacked by a horde of wild monkeys. S.S. <laughs> Bawa suffered serious head injuries when he fell from his first floor terrace of his home on Saturday morning trying to fight off the monkeys. 
The city has long struggled to counter its plague of monkeys, which invade government <laughs> complexes and temples, because churches, you know, they're not so great either, snatch food and scare passersby. The high court ordered the city to find an answer to the problem last year. Apparently they haven't <laughs> done that yet. <laughs> so the high court mandated that the city figure out how to, 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 uh, to handle the ravaging monkeys. Now, how'd that go? <laughs> One approach has been to train bands of larger, more ferocious, langer monkeys. <laughs> To go after the smaller no, groups. Stop, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so they said they decided to deal with the problem of attack monkeys by making, making bigger, more, bigger, bigger attack monkeys. monkeys. They gave yeah. them steroids. I, I, <laughs> only like, government, right? It's like. <laughs> I could write this book. I know. Yeah. How, wait, I know how the next chapter comes. <laughs> the bigger attack monkeys are now attacking more people. They have armor on, body armor God. and everything. It doesn't and tasers. Actually, it doesn't say uh, what happens no, with the, no, the langer sure monkeys, but they uh, they have allegedly trained them to go after the smaller groups of rhesus macaws. Uh, or macaques. I'm not sure even macaques. Anyway, the city has also employed monkey catchers to round them up so they can be moved to the forest. But the problem has persisted. Culling is seen as unacceptable to devout Hindus who revere the monkeys as a manifestation of the monkey god Hanuman. Of course, and often you know, feed them this, bananas. This is the part right here. This is where you figure out wh- why what's going wrong. It's some religious nuts that think that the monkeys are sacred. Dear God. I don't know. Maybe that's just their cover story. Maybe they know the monkeys are doing good, and they're feeding them <laughs> bananas to keep them around. Uh, they're feeding them bananas and peanuts, apparently. Urban development around the city has also been blamed for destroying the monkeys' natural habitat. Mr. Bawa, the dead man, a member of the opposition party, is survived by some of So, here's my idea. Since it's not right to use violence against... We, we can't initiate force, okay? It's against libertarian principles to initiate force to, uh-huh. to achieve social goals. But monkeys... They don't have the same responsibilities that we do. They don't have the non-aggression principle. They they don't care about where is this that. going. What I'm saying is we need to have monkey training camps, sort of like terrorist training camps, but for monkeys. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're not going to come after the guy who believes in no government that's training monkeys. You, you, you keep it hush hush. The big monkey come. You don't come out and talk about it. You keep it hush hush. How and do you, you train hide monkeys, a big, a, a big and then monkey training compound? Them, and then you release them on Washington D.C. You're out of your mind. <laughs> They want to know what to do. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. I want to know. Seriously, I'm serious about this idea. I think it's great. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are for free. And those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you on our site at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So, uh... Monkeys. Monkeys. <laughs> I love the monkey story. Well, it's, that's because monkey's a funny word. It is. it is a funny... And they're a funny animal, too. And they're pretty smart, those yeah. monkeys are. Mm. So that's why I think this really could be the key to success for the liberty movement. I mean, if Ron Paul fails... You know that it's a crime to train a monkey to... Uh, is it really? That's not... Come on. You think you're the first person to think of uh, monkeys, uh, you know, training a monkey to how commit could, a crime? How could that be a crime? The same way if you... If you 
uh, teach your little makake to uh, climb buildings so that he can go up and steal the uh, the Hope Diamond. Yes, you're go- and bring he brings it back to you. Yes, you are going to be held responsible. Well, then I'd have the diamond in my possession, and obviously I did something to uh, to get that, whether it be receiving stolen property or from a monkey. There's certainly a crime there. But if the monkeys are attacking politicians, how are they going to trace it back to me? How is the monkey going to differentiate between a politician and it uh, says in know, the story, a person who... Uh, look, maybe it's something about this particular brand of monkey. Uh, the, let's see, what's it? Uh, the, yeah, the macaque. They just have, a, a, I guess, a, a tendency to invade government complexes. That's what it says here. <laughs> now, churches are at risk, too, but, you It's know. probably because the government complexes are unoccupied at nighttime, as are the churches. And they always smell like food. I guess. Too many donuts being left out I or something. I think you, are, are, you, know, you have this fantasy um, that somehow monkeys can tell a politician... That, um, that monkeys hate politicians as much as you do, and I, they don't. I just feel like there must be a way. There must be a way to help them identify. They should be able to smell... The uh, the use of force. That's what we need yeah. them to do, to train them to smell the use of force. I don't think they, th- that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, 800-259-9231. It's a nice idea. <laughs> I, you know, uh, the you best ever, part of that story is the lauder monkeys, the training the bigger yeah. monkeys. Yeah, that's better. Did you ever run around your house and, and just, like, scratch and just, like, move around like a monkey and act like a monkey? It feels really good. <laughs> no. Oh, it's great. You Trying to get back in touch with your roots, Wayne? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, By the way, Ecuador, quick story out of there, and then we'll go to uh, a really bizarro one from Florida about two teenagers and child porn and oh boy. Uh, But first, Naples. Ecuador's leftist president, Rafael Correra, said Washington must let him open a military base in Miami if the United States wants to keep using an air base on Ecuador's Pacific coast. He's refused to renew Washington's lease on the Manta Air Base, set to expire in 2009. U.S. government officials say it's vital for counter-narcotic surveillance operations on Pacific drug-running routes. Uh, Carrera said, we'll renew the base on one condition, that they let us put a base in Miami, an Ecuadorian base. Now, how do you think Americans would feel about Ecuador coming in here, let's say they start in Miami and they get another one in Texas and another one in California. How do you think Americans would feel about the Ecuadorian military running operations on their home turf? Well, I'm not terribly scared of the Ecuadorian um, military, but I don't like the idea anyway. Well, you're not scared of them because they haven't been here killing your countrymen. Yeah. You know. That's why you aren't scared of them. But if they start doing military operations in your neighborhood and then, you know, some kids get shot by some Ecuadorian military members or something like that because they're messing around or who knows what it, whatever it was they were doing, then all of a sudden things will get interesting, won't they? Because I, I imagine there's a number of Americans that won't take too kindly to right. the Ecuadorian military being here that, well, in the first not place. Only, not only do we have military in Ecuador, but that military's you know, they're doing operations. They're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just having an Ecuadorian military base. We would have to allow them to do operations on our soil. I have to say, this man, uh, he's probably a scumbag in general, this Rafael Correra, but in this particular case, he is just... Right on. Right on. by you. He is making a great point. In fact, he says, if there's no problem having foreign soldiers on a country's soil, obviously referring to America having soldiers everywhere around the world, uh, he says, surely they'll let us have an Ecuadorian base in the United States. It makes sense, right? Tit for tat. 
Mm-hmm. It does, and the, it's not going anywhere. The U.S. Embassy to Ecuador says on its website that anti-narcotics fights from Manta ga- flights from Manta gathered information behind more than 60% of illegal drug seizures on the high seas of the eastern Pacific. Carrera, a popular leftist economist, had promised to cut off his arm before extending the lease that ends in 2009 and has called U.S. President George W. Bush a dimwit. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't think that that's true. I think uh, George Bush is a rather uh, intelligent individual, but um, that doesn't change the fact that I, you know, I think that uh, he's he, the, the, the leftist is right. Here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see this story get a lot better, a bigger coverage than it's going to get. As of this point, it's just, you know, a kind of a, oh, look, here's a neat story from Ecuador kind of story in the news. Uh, but I'd love to see a national poll run on this, just to, just cur- just out of curiosity. You know, how would Americans feel about Ecuador or China or Russia opening up a military base here? Very, very badly. I bet you would be overwhelmingly. I bet Americans would be overwhelmingly super majority numbers against oh, that. Oh, you bet. Look, look how they're acting with the, Me- the Mexicans coming over here. They're not even have. They it's don't an have invasion, guns. and yeah, it's, invasion. it's not the government. It's just people coming. Well, you remember over. what happened when the redcoats were here? Well, there was a fight, a bit of a, a yeah. The American Revolution happened. All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I just thought that was that was a brilliant way to make a point. And uh, so, anyway, wanted to share that. Let's continue with the phone calls. Let's talk to Mike in Maine. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to talk. I um have a little problem. I um hmm. I, got, I was a member of your AMP, and it seems I can't on AMP? call in what's on that? the AMP line. You can't call in. I can't get any of the information or anything like that. Okay. Well, when you join the Free Talk Live AMP program, you're normally sent an email. If you don't provide us with certain information we're looking for, like your BBS name and uh, email address, other things, then we send you an email asking for that information. Did you ever get that? Uh, No, I didn't. Okay, something must, have, so must have, something must have slipped through cracks. I tend to uh, process the amplifiers and the emails on about a once-a-week basis. So if you have I get yet, all kinds of emails from you. Things like little updates on this, that, and that's the other thing. That's from being a member of the great. Updates. I love getting them. Yeah, well, there's two. Uh, there are two email lists. There's the updates list, and then there's the AMP only email list, which only I only send those out about once a month. So oh. you may not have any of that information. If you haven't gotten an email after your sign up, um, if you haven't signed up, if you've signed up in the last few days, then the reason is that I just haven't gotten around to it. If it has been longer than the last few days, how long has it been? About a week. Uh, okay. Um, it, it could be, you know, somewhere in that area. It could be just a little bit longer. That's probably what it is. Because I did my last uh, processing on Saturday, so I will get around to it. But go ahead and send me an email um, and, you know, bring it to my attention just to make sure I've got, uh, I can take care of you, okay? Okay. Anything else on your mind tonight? Um, oh, well, the other thing is um, I, I'm happening to be listening to you through a streaming um, uh, feed from um, a, uh, one of your uh, affiliates in I think it's Kansas or something, okay. and I'm in Maine. Okay, that's good. The reasoning behind that is is because you have no affiliate anywhere close to me that has you live. Yes, yeah. that's unfortunate. Uh, we have a website devoted to helping people get in touch with their local stations. I know that uh, there's a station up in Presque Isle we're sort of dealing with. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting on there soon. I don't sure have anything, would like to be in Maine. I don't have anything official on that yet. But what I want you to do is go to localfac, localfaq.freetalklive.com. And there's step-by-step instructions as to what to do to contact your local radio stations in there on behalf of Free Talk Live and help us get on. Because it can happen with your help. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Don't normally like doing tech support. If you've got a problem, email me first. We'll try to solve it offline. 
And uh, worst comes to worst, you can call in, I guess. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, it's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features totally free, including updates. Get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. I sent out an update today. As a matter of fact, uh, Mark and I, we appeared on a podcast Called Podcast 411. Recently. Some time ago. Yeah. Uh, well, the interview was done some time ago, but we appeared on the show as of, I think, four days ago. Yeah, it was so. maybe, maybe a month ago we did the interview. Right. And, and it's really great for people that uh, want to get into podcasting, want to get into radio, those kind of things. Uh, we, we talked about that a great deal. We absolutely did. Advertising, sort of the business end mm-hmm. of, uh, of doing podcasting. Which is something I'm passionate about, I enjoy. And we talked about the Free State Project while we were at it. So sure. uh, it's all there right on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. But if you want to get the updates and know about these things first, then go to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Uh, Wayne, you said you had something from Ron Paul, yes. uh, an, an editorial or an article about uh, market health care, free market health care, something we don't have in this country, but sure would be nice to have, I think. Yes, he, he wrote an article last July 24th about free market medicine, and I just ran across the article again on the ronpaul2008.com website, mm-hmm. and it's very, very profound. He says, last week, uh, which is last, in, last July, uh, the Congressional Joint Economic Committee on which I serve held a hearing featuring two courageous medical doctors. I had the pleasure of meeting with one of the witnesses, Dr. Robert Berry, who opened a low-cost health clinic in rural Tennessee. His clinic does not accept insurance, Medicare, or Medicaid, which allows Dr. Barry to treat patients without interference from third-party government bureaucrats or HMO administrators. In other words, Dr. Barry practices medicine as most doctors did 40 years ago, when patients paid cash for ordinary services and had inexpensive catastrophic insurance for serious injuries or illnesses. Mm. As a result, Dr. Barry and his patients decide for themselves what treatment is appropriate. Uh, freed from HMO and government bureaucracy... Dr. Barry can focus on medicine rather than billing. Operating on a cash basis lowers his overhead considerably, allowing him to charge much lower prices than other doctors. By the way, I, I'm always amazed whenever I talk to some, and whenever I meet somebody, just happen to run into someone who works in the healthcare field. I love to ask my favorite question: How much of your day do you spend doing paperwork? It will stun you. The, the percentages that they will answer back. You might think it'd be 15% or 20%. Some people, even nurses, people that you would think should be doing things with patients, are spending upwards of two-thirds or if not more of their day doing paperwork. There are people that spend 100% of their day doing paperwork. Right. Uh, these, these government papers and the forms they have to fill out in order to get paid from the Medicare and all, and all the other government programs. That takes a huge toll on the, the ability to do business in an efficient manner. It's, all ha- it's also happening in education, by the way, too. Anyway, uh, Ron Paul goes on to say, he says, This doctor, Dr. Barry, often charges just $35 for routine maladies, which is not much more than one's insurance copay in their offices. Uh, his hmm. affordable prices enable low-income patients to see him before minor problems become serious. And unlike most doctors, Dr. Barry sees patients the same day on a walk-in basis. 
Yet beyond this, uh, or, sorry, yet beyond his low prices and quick appointments, Dr. Barry provides patients with excellent medical care. While many liberals talk endlessly Hold about... Hold on a second. You mean medical care can be cheap and good at the same time? Absolutely. Sort of like our computers. They're getting cheaper and they yeah. keep getting better. Why can't health care be the same way? Well, it's because of government involvement. That's why. You got it. And while many liberals talk endlessly about medical care for the poor, Dr. Barry actually helps uninsured people every day. Right, and he doesn't just talk about it. That's right. His patients are largely low-income working people who cannot afford health insurance but don't necessarily qualify for state assistance. Some of his uninsured patients have been forced to visit hospital emergency rooms for non-emergency treatment because no doctor would see them. Others dislike the long waits and inferior treatment they endured at government clinics. Mm. For more, uh, for many of his patients, Dr. Barry's clinic has been a godsend. Dr. Barry's experience illustrates the benefits of eliminating the middleman in health care. For decades, U.S. health care system was the envy of the entire world. Not coincidentally, there was far less government involvement in, medical, in medicine during this time. America had the finest doctors and hospitals, patients enjoyed high-quality, affordable health care, and thousands of private charities provided health services for the poor. Health, yeah. health was so affordable and so available, doctors made house, house calls. That's right, and doctors focused on treating patients without the red tape and threat of lawsuits that plague the profession today. Most Americans paid cash for basic services and had insurance only for major illnesses and accidents. This meant both doctors and patients had an incentive to keep costs down, as the patient was directly responsible for payment rather than an HMO or government program. We should remember that HMOs did not arise because of free market demand, but because of government mandates. The HMO Act of 1973 requires all but the smallest employers to offer their employees HMO coverage, and the tax code allows businesses but not individuals to deduct the cost of health insurance premiums. The result is the illogical coupling of employment and health insurance, which often right. leaves the unemployed without the needed catastrophic coverage. There's a situation uh, where Julia, at the place she works, there's a, a woman who's working there that doesn't really want to be there. She which is a bad thing to have in an employee. Right. Yes. She doesn't want to work at this job, but she does want the health care coverage she's getting because she's ha- she had an arm injury or something like that, and she she needs to be taken care of to some extent. Uh, but she doesn't want to work there. But if she stops working there, then the health care coverage goes away. So what an awful predicament to put somebody in. If it wasn't, if health coverage wasn't tied to employment, then you could move around and be much more of a free agent with your uh, with your skills than you currently can be today. Mm-hmm. And this this it really ties people down into situations that they they might not want to be in, and that's that's tragic. It, but and, and it puts the em, employer in a situation where they've got employees that don't want to be they there. Don't want to be there, right? It's mm-hmm. bad for everybody. Well, Ron Paul goes on to say, while many in Congress are happy to criticize HMOs today, the public never hears about the, the present system, how it was imposed upon the American people by federal law. In fact, one very prominent senator now attacking HMOs is on record in the 70s lauding them. As usual, government intervention in, in the private market failed to deliver the promised benefits and caused unintended consequences but congress never blames itself for the problems created by bad laws no it's time for another law to fix it that's right instead we're told more government in the form of universal coverage is the answer oh gosh we can hardly expect more government to cure our current health care woes as with all goods and services medical care is best delivered by the free market with competition and financial incentives keeping costs down when patients spend their own money for health care, they have direct incentive to negotiate lower costs with their doctor. 
when the government controls health care, all costs incentives are lost. Dr. Barry and others like him may one day be seen as consumer heroes who challenged the third-party health care system and resisted the trend toward socialized medicine in America. I think he's right. And it's too right bad there's on. not more. Do- there's too bad there are not more doctors out there like him. But the the problem is, as government continues, if he can make to, it work, more doctors will be. There will be well, more out there. But like now, him. the pro- no, not necessarily, because the problem is that as government becomes more and more involved in healthcare, and that's the trend, it is getting more and more involved. It's heavily involved to the point where I think over fifty percent of the healthcare dollars spent are spent by governments. So it's very heavily involved today, and it's only getting worse. As government continues to control more and more of the industry, that serves as a disincentive for people to even get involved in the industry in the first place. These good doctors that might want to make a difference in people's lives have to now weigh their desire to help people against their desire to deal with government bureaucracy. And I understand you're saying this doctor is completely rejecting all of that, but eventually it may get to the point where government demands that he do business it with It may them. very well. And so all I'm saying is the more government interferes, the more likely the best doctors and are we'll going to... And we'll never hear about it if the government does demand that he, uh, you know, right. essentially shut down. that he takes whatever insurance or does whatever, yeah, yeah. he'll just go he'll away. Just shut down and, and, you know, it will be unsung. You are correct. I've also heard an increasing number of stories over the recent years that a lot of doctors now are using supplements and alternative therapy for themselves, but they can't use it on their patients because the AMA will come after them. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the government. The AMA is sort of like their lobbying group to ask the government to keep... To, to keep the doctors protected from competition because there are a lot of things that other people can do that doctors do that only doctors are allowed to do by law or by AMA regulation, which is essentially tied into the law to some extent. So nurses could do a lot of the things doctors can do, but they can't because they're prohibited from doing so. And there's also that standard of care sticky situation for them. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. Features there for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at the Free Talk Live store. All kinds of great Free Talk Live merchandise, like Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and hoodies. And we've got uh, DVD classic archive collector sets and more. All of it on our store storefront at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. Apparently, the people who are in charge of Russia didn't learn very many lessons from the fall of the Soviet Union. According to the Financial Times at FT.com, Russia is now introducing Soviet-style price controls (laughs) on some basic foods. Apparently, in an effort to prevent spiraling prices from denting the Putin administration's popularity ahead of parliamentary polls in December. It's interesting that we were just talking about health care and how government, if government is in total control of health care, it doesn't understand how to set prices. And the reason for that is whenever government is in control of anything, it takes it out of the marketplace. And once it's out of the marketplace, it's not subject to marketplace signals like mm-hmm. consumer demand and you know supply and all the other things that uh, people in the marketplace respond to in order to provide their products at the best possible price for the consumers. 
governments they don't have those signals they don't they're not in touch with that they they're not trying to make you happy they they have political motivations for the things that they do and in this particular case they're putting price controls on food because they don't want people to get upset at the administration because they believe that people believe that the government has something to say about the prices of food well normally they don't normally i think most people understand that but when the government puts a price control on something then things get really out of control That's right then they create shortages and rationing yeah but people don't understand the economics of it do you think they're going to blame the companies for the uh, the shortages? That's that's what always happens. It's easier to blame the companies. That, you know, people have some sort of responsibility um, if they ask the government to come in and save them, and the government does in the only way that it know, knows how, and it fails, which it always does. Then the people have some kind of culpability, and, and people do not want to be culpable. Well, here's the rest of the story. The country's biggest food retailers and producers have reached an agreement expected to be signed with the Russian government on Wednesday. Sounds like almost they were negotiating here, huh? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Well, I bet it, I don't think there was much negotiation going on. The government wants what it wants, and they either agreed to it or not. I mean, do you think that do you think that if the companies didn't sign the agreement, that they'd be allowed to sell their food at whatever price? They understand they that, but the government is going to listen to some extent. Hmm. Well, anyway, they're going to be freezing prices at October 15th levels on selected types of bread, cheese, milk, eggs, and vegetable oil until the end of the year. Russia's move is the latest sign of surging agricultural prices becoming an international political issue. Big retailers will limit their markup on those goods to 10%. China has also agreed to food price controls. Egypt, Jordan, and Bangladesh and Morocco are increasing subsidies or cutting import tariffs to lower domestic prices. Rich countries are not immune. Italian consumer groups organized a pasta boycott last month mm. in a protest they over prices. They weren't terribly uh, successful, by oh, the way. Italians are really, really intense about their pasta, too. Yeah, they Apparently weren't very so. successful in their pasta boycott. <laughs> the <laughs> <Just so you know. laughs> Russian economy ministry is also examining whether to increase a 10% export tariff on wheat planned for November to 30% to keep its domestic market well supplied. That prospect has pushed wheat prices up 6% in Chicago in the past week, giving Moscow fight against rising food prices and effect beyond its borders. You know, the fact is, when government meddles in marketplaces, the effects... They, ripple everywhere. Right, they ripple out. Uh, let the marketplace decide on prices, please. When a government steps in and sets prices for companies, then there's all kinds of things that get thrown off. And as you were talking about, the, the companies eventually are just going to throw in the towel. If they can't make the money that they need to make on these products in the marketplace on a voluntary basis, they can't be forced to provide them. No. You can't force them to stay in business. So eventually they're going to get tired of this crap. Anyway, Agriculture Ministry in Russia said the food pricing arrangement was voluntary. But industry insiders said they've come under heavy pressure. One Russian food industry executive who asked not to be named. Wait, why do you think that is? Think he might be scared? Think he's frightened of what the Russian government might do to him if they catch him speaking out on this issue? He says, quote, we were told in no uncertain terms that we have to freeze prices on certain products. Everyone understands what the government is doing. It's part of their election campaign. Russian food prices rose steeply in September with vegetable oil up to, uh, you know, they give you some uh, increases there. Given a big low-income population and meager pensions, the price rises are among the few factors capable of deflating Vladimir Putin's 80% plus approval ratings. Mr. Putin, so he's got an 80% approval rating, and he's already messing with the uh, the price of food because he's worried about that dropping. Wow, I guess. right. You know, you know, a lot of the cause of, of food rising has been ra- rising energy costs. 
and over in America here with this with this uh, ethanol debacle mm-hmm. uh, that's also uh, causing food prices to rise and inflation as well. It, well, yeah, and inflation as well. But in Russia, you know, they have oil. They've got a lot of oil there, and 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 that's that's one of the big uh, cost components of raising food. So I don't, I don't understand what the problem is there. Do they have a drought or something? You know, likely the the people that are getting the oil are, um, it, you know, the the state doesn't own the oil, so the oil is probably being bought by China. So it could be. And you know something? During the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union would have starved if the government didn't start allowing individuals to actually grow food in their own gardens and keep it. That's true. Uh, continuing here, Mr. Putin's decision to head the ticket for the dominant United Russia Party has transfor- uh, transformed parliamentary elections on December 2nd into a referendum on his personal popularity. Russia has fought off inflation in recent years, but rising food prices mean it's already exceeded this year's 8% inflation target. Well, there's your explanation. Yeah. It's inflation to blame. And, and by the way, just I feel like we have to explain this every time we bring it up, because there are always new people tuning in. Inflation is not a rise in prices. It's right. a and, symptom. And, Inflation isn't even, in fact, um, a, a natural thing to occur in a monetary system. Inflation occurs because of the printing of money. Right. It's not the, the way this article is written is very misleading. It says Russia has fought off inflation. There's no fighting. No, that the Russian goes government on. has uh, jumped right in, both feet into inflation, right. and uh, sold its its own people's savings down the river. The you know mortgaged the uh, futures of their children in order to print money for its. The government has um, done it in order to print money for itself. Right. I mean, if they're fighting anything, they're fighting their uh, tendency to turn the printing presses on, like, you know, trying not to reach out and flip the power switch. I mean, that would be the only thing they can fight here because, I mean, they're just trying to make it sound like they're, they care. They're trying to make it sound like they're well, doing the fighting the good fight against inflation. The government would love you to believe that they're somehow um, under the thumb of inflation just right. like you are. Like it's that, some natural force that happens. No, inflation's only created by inflating the money supply. And Every only government can do and that. And only government benefits from that because they take the new money that they've printed that is not yet has not yet diluted the mm-hmm. economic pool and they enter it into the economic pool. There's only so much wealth and the money accounts for that wealth. Right. So now they've diluted that amount and your dollars that you have in the bank are worth far are, are worth less depending on how much they put in. Drastically less. That's why a loaf of bread costs a buck 50 or 2 dollars today instead of 15 cents or 10 cents. It used to cost that much. I remember when it was a buck. Yeah, I mean, they used to be a lot cheaper. Prices have, have come up dramatically even in the last five years at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when we talk about increasing the money supply and all that, in America, the amount of cash in circulation actually hasn't changed all that much. But the amount of money and credit, when you put those two together, the credit, which is this real estate bubble, and before that, the stock market bubble, there was a lot of credit created, which is used as money nowadays. Mm-hmm. Money is credit in our, in our system. So that's really what's grown. And, and last time I looked, the, the Russian money supply was actually growing faster than it is here in America. When you say yeah. the money supply was growing, so they're dumping the more M3. of their little rubles or whatever the hell it is they've got now. They, prob- they probably ruined the ruble and bought right. something Right. We else. think uh, from based on private numbers, not government's own numbers, because you can't believe the government's numbers on inflation. The government will tell you, oh, it's only 2% or 3%. Well, it's probably more like 10% here. Well, over in Russia, the Russian government is admitting that it's probably around 10%. So if that's what they're admitting, you can presume it might be as much as 15, if not 20 percent. So that's why the food prices are going up. These guys are just trying to do business. They're trying to. That's what happens when government inflates the currency. The prices chase upwards as a result of that.
Anyway, food prices have risen globally thanks to increasing demand and changing diets in developing countries, says the article. More frequent floods and droughts damaging harvests and the biotech industry's growing appetite for grains. But farmers can deal with these things. You know, farmers... Uh, the farmers the industry, have been dealing with those things uh, right. for years. Now they have genetically engineered foods, which are more uh, pestilent resistant. You, you can't... That's surplus. a bunch of crap is right. what that is. Right. Um, now, I will give you that transportation costs have increased in the last 10 years because gasoline has increased. And that's how inflation. we transport stuff. And inflation. Those are the things that... Um, that's you know, what's bringing the cost of gas up is inflation. Russia, like many countries, faces the additional challenge of fighting food inflation while pumping money into the financial system to combat the global credit squeeze. What does that mean? You, you think pumping money into the... What? Cre- creating more money from thin air is going to do something to help people? I have a feeling the Austrian school is going to uh, gain prominence in the coming years because of all this. When this all blows up, it's going to happen on an international level. Believe me, the Austrian school will be the the predominant uh, way of thinking for some time. 800-259-9231. So these price freezes inevitably are going to have some fallout. Anyway, Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Launching in hour number three, you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We go right into the phone calls. Mike in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. On the amp line. Hey. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? I just wanted to share a little story with you about uh, something that happened to me recently. Where were you? Uh, I was in Belmont, California, mm. and for your listeners that don't know, Belmont just uh, enacted a pretty draconian smoking law. Mm-hmm. You pretty much can't smoke anywhere unless you uh, live and own in a single-family home. Yeah. That's correct. It's probably the most draconian of all of the smoking laws across America at this moment. I'm sure other communities are bustling to catch up uh, and one-up Belmont, but for now, Belmont is the most uh, restrictive. Yeah, I was uh, on Friday. I just I was driving down the road and uh, on a busy street in Belmont, and I had a guy behind me, and I was ashing my cigarette out the window, and he kept honking each time I ashed out the window. Um, <laughs> Eventually, he pulled up next to me at a red light, and he just asked me to roll my window down, and I knew what he wanted, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I rolled my window down, and he just went off. He just started cussing at me, and I didn't have a chance to respond. For ashing out the window? No, no, for smoking in Belmont, because uh, apparently you're not allowed to smoke in Belmont anymore. You're not allowed to smoke in your own car? Uh, Well, you are, but he's under the impression that... uh, you aren't allowed to. Did you make okay. a citizen's arrest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he might call the cops on me. What but, did uh, he say to you when you rolled your window down? Uh, well, he said, you stupid son of a... and a few expletives, and then he told me that it's against the law to smoke in the city of Belmont, that uh, I was only allowed to smoke in my own home if I owned it, and since wow. I don't, because, you know, because I drive a Jetta, apparently I'm not wealthy enough to have a house in Belmont, according to him, is what he was implying. And 
I didn't have a chance to get a word in, but I don't know. He just took off. I just wanted to share that with you guys. What a jerk. You know, look, you can have, you can feel however you want to feel about people smoking. Okay. That's it's, that is optional. It's your feeling. Okay. But, but why be rude? I mean, if you want to convince somebody of your position, if you want to convince somebody of something, calling them a stupid son of a bitch isn't going to solve the problem. Nope. No. It's, that's just going to make them hate you and make them resent you and make them want to blow the smoke in your general direction at that point. Likely or something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. And so do you live in Belmont or are you just traveling through or what? I, I, I live in San Carlos and the city next door to Belmont and... I drive through Belmont uh, just about every day on my way to work. So he was feeling all high and mighty because he thought smoking anywhere was pretty much illegal, and he wanted to point that out to you in the most obnoxious possible way. That's right. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it, Mike. 800-259-9231. And it's this high and mighty attitude of, well, I'm a law-abiding citizen. How dare you smoke in your own car? Well, he likes that particular law. Right. Now, God help him when uh, a law comes out that he doesn't like. That's the whole problem. Oh, what a mess. If you've got a smoking hell story you want to share with us, maybe from California or wherever you happen to be, you're welcome to do so at 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we turn to Florida, Mark, and a story about two teenagers who apparently are now facing child pornography charges. Yeah. Why? Was it because they had children and were doing naughty things to them? Why was it, Mark? Well, um, <clears throat> combine them, unsupervised teenagers, digital cameras, and email, and given uh, sufficient time, you'll end up with risque photographs on a computer somewhere. Mm. There's a problem with that. Technically, these images constitute child pornography. That's what 16-year-old Amber and 17-year-old Jeremy, her boyfriend, both residents of Tallahassee, Florida, uh, learned firsthand. Court documents in- include only their initials, and so we're, they're using pseudonyms to make the uh, story a little easier to read. Mm-hmm. On March 25, 2004, Amber and Jeremy took digital photographs of themselves naked and engaged in unspe- unspecified sexual behavior. The two sent the uh, photographs from a computer to, uh, at Amber's house to Jeremy's personal email address. Neither teen showed the photographs to anyone else. Court records don't exactly say what happened next. Perhaps the uh, parents wanted uh, to end the relationship and raise the alarm, but somehow Florida police learned about the photographs. Not what really. fool called the police in on this? Not really photos, but yes. Amber and Jeremy were arrested. Each was charged with producing... But hold on, before you go on, since we're sort of unsure about this part of the story, that means we're free to speculate. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> normally in these cases... When the police are called in to deal with what is essentially nothing more than a family issue, right? Right. Two kids fooling around. That's what kids do, in case you weren't aware. Uh, you know, two kids fooling around. Parents catch them. And one parent gets it in their head that, well, if we call in the police, they'll help us with this situation. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll know that whatever I think is right, and they'll be on my side. Right. They'll, li- they'll lecture our kids for us and tell them how Those wrong they were. Those bad little kids right. humping like bunnies right. like maybe we did and stuff. Maybe they'll give them a scared straight <laughs> tour of the jail, you know, to really scare them because sex is bad or something like right, that. Because you can go to jail for sex or something uh, like that. But you, you, they call in the police thinking that they're just going to come and have a chat with the kids. 
but they don't understand. Today's police aren't like they were 60 years ago. Right. Today's police are going to arrest someone. They're going to arrest your kids on child pornography car- charges, or they're going to arrest you for you know not knowing about this and or being something. a neglectful parent or whatever. They aren't going to leave your house without somebody in handcuffs. That's just the way the cops work. Likely that's true. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to say that uh, you know police aren't there to keep the peace. They're not there to protect and serve. They're there to give tickets. They're there to uh, arrest people. Right. Revenue, revenue. That's, that's what they do. Right. They don't care I about mean, your show family. Show me the evidence otherwise. Right. I, absolutely, some police officers do take that, uh, you know, the other side of their their job very seriously. But you don't know who's going to show up. Right. You don't know when you pick up that phone which cop is going to show up at your front door. And maybe one of them would, maybe one of the cops would have showed up and said, "Hey, you know, your kids made some mistakes. Uh, these, these could technically be illegal. I'm going to leave this in your hands to decide what to do with it." And left. Maybe that could have happened, but it didn't. The mm-hmm. cops showed up instead, and they took away the kids and handcuffs. What happened next? Amber and Jeremy were arrested. Each was charged with producing, directing, or promoting a photograph featuring the sexual conduct of a child. Based right. on the- and this, once again, reinforces the idea in the American people that teenagers are children, and they're not. Right. They are not. They are far more capable of making decisions than children are. Well, here's the thing is, um, these kids were old en- are old enough in Florida to, have, to sex. have sex with each other. It's correct. It's legal. They legally had sex. Right. What they did illegally is take pictures of Evidence. it. Right. Now, if they were two years older, they could have taken pictures of it, but they aren't two years older. I mean, this is a strange, weird, gray area that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Jeremy was well, also black and white to the cops. They made an arrest. Right. Uh, Jeremy was charged with an extra count of possession of child pornography because they were in his email account. <laughs> some more uh, some more background. Under a 1995 ruling in a case called uh, BB versus State, the Florida Supreme Court said that a 16-year-old could not be found delinquent for having sex with another 16-year-old. Okay. The crux of the uh, state's interest in an uh, adult minor situation is to prevent the exploitation of the minor by the adult. The majority said at the time, the court ruled that a Florida statute punishing sex between teens was unconstitutional as applied to this 16-year-old as a basis for a delinquency proceeding. So here's what I'm wondering is they are stuck. The law is stuck in a conundrum here. It's legal for 16-year-olds to have sex in Florida. 16, Jeremy's 16, Amber's 17, mm-hmm. vice versa. Excuse me. Um, that's legal for them to have sex. It is illegal for them to take pictures. Now, if the Florida Supreme Court gets this and you know makes a ruling that says, well, this is silly. You can't let kids ha- take pictures of each other. You, know, you can't charge these kids for this. Mm-hmm. Well, then I can run a business that employs 16, 17 um, your old boys or girls or whomever to take pictures of each other having sex. Do you understand? Then yeah. their pictures are legal. Suddenly, so, they have essentially dropped, they, they would have dropped the age in Florida. They're never going to do this, Ian. I, I understand you're saying so, but do you, you do understand that they're never going to do that, They right? won't overturn the laws. Amber saying. and Jeremy will have to be sacrificed. Gonna yeah, they're going to have to be sacrificed on the pyre of, you know, propriety. Be- even though Absurd. It, it it doesn't make any sense at all, right. that's what has to happen. Now look, teenagers having sex, they're going to do it. It's not necessarily the best idea. They do it. Uh, they don't do it safely, usually because their parents didn't teach them about sex, and that's a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. But teenagers having sex going to happen. They're going to put these kids in jail, possibly, or give them some serious probation or whatever. There's going to be a black mark on these kids' record for the rest of their lives. What was an indiscretion and a mistake is now going to hang over their head for the rest of their lives. What want your thoughts.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the case of the two 16-year-olds in Florida. They had 16 sex. 16 and 17. 16 and 17. They had sex together and took pictures and were subsequently arrested for a child pornography charges. We'll get back into that here. Again, 800-259-9231. I want to hear from you, especially if you think it's a good thing these kids were arrested. Really want to hear from you. I can't you. imagine anybody thinks it's a good thing. Uh, what I'm the saying, cops think it's good. It's, it can, it's a conundrum. Would love to hear from you on that one. Also, uh, SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. We've got a wiki with over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Want to pay higher prices for goods and services? Well, you do every time someone doesn't pay their bills. This is one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be it a bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs so that they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. I'd also like you to call in if you really think that 16-year-olds, 16 and 17-year-olds having sex together and taking pictures actually is child pornography. Because it doesn't seem to have anything to me to do with children. And this is the problem with the nature of laws is that they always end up being misapplied or expanded over time. And it becomes absurd, just like the, you hear about these people who get uh, arrested for urinating on the side of the road, and they become registered sex offenders. Exactly, exactly. And, and this is typical with government, where they pass one law, but then they, not only do they misapply it, but they just expand the definitions to include more and more and more people that shouldn't necessarily have originally been included. It seems to me that this doesn't have anything to do with children. Uh, it may be pornography, but these ki- these young people are not uh, children, okay? They are they are to the point, they're well beyond puberty, they uh, are able to make these decisions for themselves, they were doing it on a consensual basis. Mm-hmm. Is it not risky enough as it is? I mean, they're, they're obviously risking sexually transmitted diseases, there's obviously a risk of pregnancy, there's obviously the risk of angry parents. Why do we have to threaten them with jail time in addition to all of that? Let's go to the phones, talk to Sarah listening in Santa Cruz on KSCO. Hello, Sarah. Hey, you guys. Hey. hey yeah, you know, I, I feel really, really bad for these people. It's like, they're 16, they're not dumb, you know. I'm. They're completely aware of STDs and the pregnancy chances, and mm-hmm. how horrible is it that their private lives are just being put on blast, more or less. Mm-hmm. And But the thing that I'm really confused about is, if they're being tried as children due to children's pornography, does their record get cleared at 18? Um, you know, are they going to go to juvie if they go to jail? Are they going to be cleared of everything by the time they become legal adults? It, you know, it, it depends. Uh, they, the Florida has what? some youthful offender rules, um, you know, that that would allow them to their sentence to be um, hidden, but not their offense be hidden. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's difficult to say. But I can tell you that uh, that doesn't sound like a juvenile charge. Yeah. I think that sounds like an adult no, charge. They're still yeah. be on sex offender lists, no matter what. Yeah, and that's gosh, that is so horrible these mm-hmm. poor people are going to have that on their permanent record i mean or, they're not going to be able to pick up their kids from school right or anything like that and the sad thing is that you know i know of people that have been sexually assaulted that are underage and the people that did it did not go to jail did not get sentenced did not get mm. tried got a slap on the wrist 
Right. And, and that's a major offense. And these people are just minding their own business. They're not, you know, posting it all over the Internet for the world to see. They're just a couple of kids who are head over heels for each other and went that extra mile. Well, even if they did post it on the Internet for all the world to see. So? So what if they do? I mean, the, the fact is we have the Internet today. Thirty years ago, this would have been possible. You would have had to have taken the pictures with a film camera and then taken it to the, the developer, and it, there would have been no way to share it with anybody except for maybe your closest friends. I mean, it, it's not like people didn't fool around 30 years ago. They did. There's I just did. not evidence of it. You, you didn't take photos back then. You didn't have, uh, you know, a DV cam that you could hold out and, and videotape things. I mean, that's what kids are doing today. We had Polaroids, thanks very much. But that's what kids are doing today, and now they're being punished for it. And I just don't think it's... it's can you believe that people would think this is a good idea, Sarah? No, I, God, I think it's so, so sad that, I mean... I feel like there are worse things out there that people should be pointing out and taking charge to, you know, get fixed than two minors who are minding their own business. Right. I mean, there are now, actual sex offenders out there. Right. There's real child pornography, too. Like, the state, you remember yeah. the case from, uh, it was Nevada from, like, just two weeks ago where they oh, found, gosh. this guy found, like, a, a tape, VHS tape out in the desert. Weeks, yeah. uh, he, well, they, they caught the, the, the guy that actually made the tape. We're talking about a real child in that case, someone mm-hmm. who couldn't yeah. possibly consent to sex. Well, that, there's such a, a huge, vast difference between that child porn and what they're calling child porn in this case, which is they're not children, they're teenagers. They are illegally able to work. They're legally able to make some decisions for themselves. Legally able, yeah, gosh. No, seriously, if they are old enough to be tried for a serious legal offense like this, they're obviously old enough to be making those decisions on their own, that this is okay with them. Yep. So, Sarah, if you don't like it, don't look at it. I, I, I'm with you on that one, Sarah. Um, now, where do we – how does the – like I said, this was a conundrum. The, the, um, the, the law itself is really – on, uh, you know, it's it's on the it's liable to be destroyed if they don't charge these kids. Do you understand? Do you understand why that the uh, no? It can only be destroyed because they charge the kids if it's challenged up to upper level courts. If they hadn't charged the kids, then no one would ever know this. Right? Happened. They shouldn't have. They should have uh, ignored the kids entirely. But if um, it's overturned now that you know the courts um, the courts are in play, I can start a company where I employ 16 and 17 year olds to take pictures of, of each other having sex, and then I can put those pictures on the internet, and I can make money off of them and, and you're totally right that is such a touchy subject it's really weird but do you think the punishment really fits the crime here that's the problem is that it's, it's uh, you know 16 year olds are prone to bad judgment because they don't oh, have yeah. the experience i think i think the biggest difference here is that they were not soliciting the images they were not selling them to people they were not posting them you know necessarily for adults I think 16 is like kind of the drawing point there. I think Wayne's I got. I think Wayne's got the thing. Is here we should. Ch- they should change the charges to something that's not sex offender related. Um, they should give them one day in jail, or you know, give them a, a one day on probation or something like that. That way, they they keep their little system in place where it's illegal to take pictures of kids, and they can go. They can give whatever sentence they want to the next guy who comes along, and. You know, I think that, that that's probably the solution. Sarah, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from yeah, you. Yeah, no problem, guys. Eight, yep, 800-259-9231. As we continue to John in Connecticut, you're on Free Talk Live. John? Uh, hi, how you doing? Hey, Good. what's on your mind? Um, yeah, well, I basically went through the same thing, except uh, it didn't turn out so good. Well, uh, it doesn't sound like this is turning out good for the kids either, but what was your situation? Uh, okay, well, this happened in 1997 when uh, the sex registry first formed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was 16 years old. I graduated high school because um, I graduated early. So I was in college. I had an apartment, and I had a 20, uh, 28-year-old roommate. And one night, uh, my friend, uh, who was still in high school, brought two freshmen over uh, who were 15 or 14. I was um, just turned 17 at the time, so okay. it was normal to me. You were know these friends I mean? female? Yeah, female. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, and uh, basically my friend was going out with one of the girls, and um, she had a friend with her, and they were drinking uh, a little. We'll continue the story in moments. Hang on, we're going to bring you back to do that, okay? 800-259-9231. The rest of John's story coming up. Yours as well, if you've got one. 800-259-9231. And I want to hear from somebody that thinks that these two kids, 16 and 17 years old, that had sex and took pictures of it, that they should go to jail. Do you think that's a good idea? We want to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, including archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website, for your downloading convenience, freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Talking about a story out of Florida involving a 16- and 17-year-old, female and male, and uh, they were having sex, as many teenagers do. They decided to take photographs of it, unfortunately, which somehow... Not so many teenagers do. Somehow ended up, they landed in the hands of their parents, and at least one parent decided to pick up the phone and bring the police in, because they thought that was going to solve the problem. Unfortunately, all that ended up doing was getting their kids arrested and charged with child pornography? Who could possibly agree with this? Who out there? 800-259-9231. Also, think back to when you were a teenager. Now, maybe you were like me and you didn't get any sort of action whatsoever, but a lot of people did. And uh, in that case, do you feel like you would be better off today had you spent five years in jail? Had you gotten caught for your fooling around and spent some time in the pokey? Right, because these kids taking pictures of themselves having sex is no different than them just having sex. Right. They weren't committing child pornography in the same way that the spirit of the law was written. So they were advertising it, though. That's what you can go over in your head. Would love to hear from you. In the meantime, we go back to John in Connecticut. He had just begun telling us a story. Uh, John, when you were a teenager, you had a uh, a relationship with uh, with someone else. And uh, go ahead with your story. Well, uh, I didn't have the relationship. It was my friend that uh, was dating the girl. Oh, thank um, you. That's right. You were at a little uh, get to. You were living on your. I had an apartment, and I invited a friend over. You were 17, he came over, he brought two girls with him, both in uh, their freshman year of high school, so around 14, uh, maybe 15 years old. Yes, and um, what happened was um, his girlfriend fell asleep because she was drinking a little, Mm -hmm. and uh, he fooled around with her friend um, in the other bedroom. Uh, Uh She woke up and um, started screaming, obviously. My roommate woke up because he fell asleep earlier. 
because um, he was working early the next morning, kicked them all out um, because of the commotion. And um, for some reason, she called the cops. And the charges down the line with all types of crazy stuff. Um, I was arrested. I was handcuffed to a railing. So wait a minute. Uh, Before you go on, you didn't fool around with either of the girls? I, I was dating another girl at the time. I, I, it was just uh, my my friend needed, like, a place to, like, bring his girlfriend over, and that just happened. You know what I mean? Right. Um, okay. Well, um, anyways, so my 28-year-old roommate, who was a father of three, his life is ruined, too. Um, but anyways, so um, they leave. They call the cops for some reason um, because of jealousy um, mm-hmm. over it. And uh, I get arrested. I, I go to, um, handcuffed to a railing. I was beat up, uh, forced into confession. Uh, I wouldn't sign oh the confession. Oh, my gosh. And then, and then they wrote the confession anyways. And uh, my lawyer had the nerve to ask me, why did I say all that? Huh. <laughs> Which kind of makes me laugh. But anyways, um, obviously I wouldn't incriminate myself like that. They pretty much got crazy with the police report. And what um, was the what was the confession claiming that you had had sex with these girls or what? Yeah, uh, pretty much down the line. I mean, it, it was pretty horrible. I, 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 if I talk about it, I'll still cry. I'm sorry, are you talking right into your phone? It's kind of hard to hear you at this point. Oh, um, yeah, I got a headset. Okay. Um, let me put my phone on. Hold on. Okay, just an amazing okay. story. Anyways, um, so I was beat up in the um, police station. By the police the as they were trying to get the confession from you. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then I w- so I went to court, and the judge treated me like crap. Um, I was guilty from minute one. Never had a chance to. Uh, I was forced into plea. They told me they would give me 25 years if I didn't take uh, a year in jail <sighs> and uh, go in the sex registry, which is I can't get a job. I can't go to school. I tried going to school, and uh, the teacher pretty, pretty much, you know, castrized me, uh, you know. So you took the deal. You took the plea bargain. I had to. I, the the judge told me that he would throw the book at me. What was the evidence word against you? Word. What huh? was the evidence against you? Um, I, indecent assault and battery. No, no, what, uh, not, not the charges. Four, what, were, what, were the, what was the evidence? Well, you don't get to you? see oh, the evidence I, I until you take it to boob. trial. I grabbed a button and boob. That that was my official charges. Hmm. That was what they claimed. That's what they had in the so-called confession that you you never signed, right? And they said that I said that I did it. And I had a, I was doing construction, and I had a scratch on my arm, which is a single scratch from a nail hanging on the wall, if you've ever done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a sharp scratch. And uh, they said it was from the girl's fingernails, which anybody knows it would be five five of them, and they'd be deep, and they'd be jagged, not right. straight lines. Yeah. yeah, and also, if, the, if you were doing something more than just uh, touching them on the butt... Uh, then I would see a reason for them to, you know, really fight you back. Like if you were trying to rape them or something like that. Whereas if you just make a sort of naughty move. Now, why would out. these girls want to see you go to jail? Well, I'd, um, I'm. Well, I'll go down the story. There's a lot more to it. Um, so I went to jail for a year. I was beat up a couple times. The guards told everybody I was a sex offender. Oh, jeez. So uh, it's called the Shark Tank. They they stick you in five man rooms. Um, and I end up having to go to the home protective custody a couple of times. Um, one time wow. after, I had a black eye and a fat lip. <clears throat> it wasn't fun. And um, so I got out of jail, and, you know, I struggled with suicide for a while. <laughs> and uh, finally, I decided to talk to the girl. 
and I knew it would be 20 years of jail if it went wrong. So I, I decided to write her a letter. And uh, basically, I just said, why'd you do this, you know, et cetera. You know, this is BS. I know it's BS. Now, this, and, now, uh, the, now, hold on a second. Now, by the time you were writing this girl, you, you were out of jail. So presumably it had been, what, two years later? I mean, considering the time for the oh, trial. Oh, this is uh, about, yeah, about a year later. Okay, so um, she's only like 14, or she's still only 16 at the, at the oldest. Not Probably doesn't have um, a lot of maturity still, but... You know, this is the 15-year-old. 15, 15 she, she was 17 at this time. Okay, okay, all right, so you wrote her a letter. Um, I knew, I, I wrote her a letter. I knew it was five years and five to ten years if that went wrong, you know, for approaching her. So I had a... Plus, it could just really screw me bad. Um, and... Uh, so I um, wrote her a letter and I said, you know, why'd you do this, this and that? And she decided to meet me, and oh my I, gosh. I went to her house. And uh, well, it gets worse. Um, so I decided she meets me and uh, tells me, you know, that the DA she tried retracting the statement that it was a bad mistake. The DA told her she would go to jail. So the DA oh, the whole geez. time knew that uh, oh. everything was BS, and not real, oh. and you know. I was forced into the plea because they didn't want to get sued, you know, so they pressured me, I guess. Right, and you're and, scared uh, to death. I mean, you were only 17 at the time. Yeah, so, I was a child. you know, Mark, do you remember how it was for you when you were facing some pretty scary charges uh, at the same age? Uh, they were threatening you with all kinds of frightening yeah, I things. Took, I took a plea rather than taking it to trial. And you I didn't was know what the evidence was, right? No, I right? was trying to take it to trial. We, we were demanded trial. They forced us into a plea. They can't we, force you into a plea. Yeah, I understand. Um, I understand what you're saying that you were under duress or whatever, and I know what it's like. Believe he was told me. 25 years if he didn't take the plea. It's scary to you know anybody, whether you're sure, 17 or 70. That's that's well, a scary said, prospect. Even, you said if I take it to trial and I'm get found guilty, he's going to throw the book at me. I mean, uh, just uh, scary. How old are you today, John? Uh, 27. So this is a decade ago, and you're saying you're still having trouble, it's still hanging up your head? I haven't had a girlfriend in eight years. If I get charged with anything with a girl, I mean, uh, the, President Bush just signing that 25-year in effect for second offenses. My goodness. That, that, that'll count. I don't want to go to I can't even date. I, I get panic attacks if I go in a... You know, I believe it. You need a new country. An amazing story. We're out of time, my friend. You can give us okay, part two well, some other day if you'd like, but thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Well, 800-259-9231. I mean, it's... Wow. Hang in there, Judge. He's not the only one, either. It's not a, a unique story. In today's America, with these insane statutory rape laws, this stuff happens all the time. And these overzealous the way, prosecutors. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The feature's for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. Doesn't matter what category. There's 41 categories to shop in. Uh, It could be used. It can be new. Uh, free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Great place to shop. Amazon.freetalklive.com. If you've ever shopped at Amazon, you know how reliable they are. You know how the selection is just huge. And now you know that if you enter through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percent. 
That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL like Free Talk Live. That's code FTL to save 10% at LegalZoom.com. As we go to the phones, to the fun, Christian listening in Ann Arbor on WAAM. Hello, Christian. Hello, how are you? Hey, doing great. What's on your mind? Well, I, I'm really tired of Florida setting legal precedent. <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle it anymore. But my dad is a vice principal at a rural school. and In Florida or in Michigan? I, no, in, in actually in Ohio. Okay. And just from the stories that he's told and just this story in particular... There's such a lack of understanding of what parenting is. Mm. It's either non-parenting or over-parenting. You know, if this would have happened when I was 17, Mm -hmm. my dad would have been at the boy's front door and confronted him along with his parents. Mm -hmm. And there's just such a, a lack of communication and I think laziness. Yeah. You I think know, you're right. There's... When the parents pick up the phone to call the police instead of hashing it out between the, between the couples uh, and, and de- just dealing with their kids, I think you're absolutely right. They wanted the police to solve the problem for them. Exactly. And what they're doing is they're, they're doing such a disservice to their children because there's a whole generation in that late teen and early 20s who have no idea how confrontation works. Right. Mm-hmm. And they don't so, know how to solve problems in conflict resolution without exactly. third parties. And so now we're going to be seeing a whole gamut of legal issues, I think, because we're going to have a whole generation who have, who have no idea how to handle things on their own. They're going to rely on the police who mm. are overworked anyways. You're absolutely right. By the way, I think I missed. Is your name Christian or is it Kristen? Kristen. Okay, Kristen. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think what we're dealing with in this country today is a situation where you have a generation of young people being raised by a generation of young people that doesn't know how to raise kids because their parents didn't raise them that well, and they don't know what to do to raise their kids that well. And uh, we've all been indoctrinated by these government schools to believe that government's there to take care of us, to believe that government's who you turn to if you have problems. So, got problems with your kids? Call mommy government. Let mommy government solve the problem for you, and that is not a healthy way uh, to get conflict resolved. Exactly, and so uh, I'm I'm kind of scared to see what the um, new uh, children who are going to be born to this generation is, is going to turn out. Right. I, I hope that we can gain some control over this and start interacting with our kids. Right. And look at this. I mean, have you been to MySpace? Oh, yeah. You've seen the pictures. I, my, uh, my girlfriend Julia has been looking uh, at some of her old friends from high school and their MySpace profiles now five or six years later, and it's hard to find them that don't have kids. It's hard to find some of her former uh, friends that don't have children at age 21 and 22. And I'm sorry, but young people in America today, because of the system that has been built up around them, are encouraged to stay childlike for as long as possible. You could be very 
very responsible and mature at age 21. But most kids, most young people, just aren't. They're still in the school system. They're getting drunk or crunk or whatever mm. every weekend. They're hooking up. Yep. They're not doing things responsibly at all. And then all of a sudden, they get knocked up. And, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And they get to dress him up like their little, like it's their little doll or yeah. something. Exactly. It's, it's very twisted. And only a generation ago, people used to get out of high school and get jobs and get married at 18 years old and have families and, and own cars and be responsible. Yeah, my that parents got married at 20, and they're celebrating their, what, 34th anniversary this year. And, and they did it, but it was they were accountable to so many people. Kids aren't accountable to anybody. Parents are lazy. And I have a toddler, two toddlers, and I am just, I am taking in all of this and doing the complete opposite of what I see in this world. <laughs> Good so. for you. Hey, Kristen, do us a favor. Uh, visit us at freetalklive.com. Check out the Shrine of Female listeners when you get a chance and send us a picture. Great. Thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. We've got a lot of uh, ladies on the Shrine, but most of the back when we were on in uh, in one ra- on ra- one radio station, we had a bunch of radio listeners mm-hmm. uh, submitting their pictures for the Shrine. Then we had a big segment of time where most of our Shrine submissions came from our internet listeners. So we need to get a mix again. We need to get some internet listeners submitting their pictures and some radio listeners. Right. So. You know, and because it's a national show, people aren't as involved as they are on the local level. I mean, we yeah. used to get all kinds of pictures, uh, and, and not just you know pictures of hot girls uh, you know flashing or anything like that. It's not that. It's no. not that at all. No, it's ladies um, of all shapes, sizes, ages. Ages, everything. Colors. Uh, we continue with the phone calls. Now, again, you can bring up anything on Free Talk Live, so if you want to comment on this uh, child porn story... Strangely enough, no one called in to defend the law in this case. It's not case. strange. I mean, nobody nobody would defend somebody the law in this case. Somebody must somebody must believe that the law that punishes teenagers for having sex and taking pictures of it is a good thing. Well, the only people that would support that don't want to see uh, teenage don't want to see teenagers having sex. Period. At which point they've already lost because fantasy in, land. Right in Florida, um, it's legal for two sixteen year old you know two people under the age of eighteen to have sex. Even if it was illegal, it would stop sixteen under eighteen. Even if it was illegal for teenagers to have sex, it wouldn't stop them. Right. <laughs> it would just, Sorry. It would just end up with more kids in jail and more kids on probation. And That's not the way to start your adult life. They think they were being life. careful, but they wouldn't be right. because they're teenagers. <laughs> you don't want to start your adult life with a conviction. It's not going to help you, mm-hmm. and this whole situation isn't going to help these kids. All I don't, I don't know why we think we have to, we have to um, you know, try to solve problems by convicting our kids of sex crimes. I don't know why either, and that's what I'd like to know. I'd like someone to explain it. But in the meantime, we go to Dennis on the Amplifier line in New Hampshire. Dennis, what's on your mind? Hey, you guys. You know, the biggest uh, reason to be an amplifier, one of the perks you get, is the amp line is local in the 603 if you move to the free state. <laughs> that right. is true. Good now, point. Now, Dennis, how do you, how do you uh, pronounce macaque? Macaque. Macaque? Yeah, you just Google it. Macaque. It's macaque. It's not macaque. The monkey? The monkey, yes. Okay. You, you, you wanted to, uh, in, in the first hour, wanted to raise attack monkeys. That was the second hour. But oh, yes, I love whatever. that idea. Attack the government with uh, monkeys. Killer monkeys. So, Dennis, you were calling to talk about macaques. What's on your mind tonight? Actually, something completely different, but the conversation is so interesting right now. Hey, look, this whole issue of adults being treated uh, as kids, basically being controlled by the government education machine and just government in general, mm-hmm. is, is pretty fascinating. And it seems to me that this whole notion of an anarcho-capitalist society would really only work if you had a generation of kids who were educated privately by a generation of people who 
we're not government educated. Well, it would certainly work better at that point. Uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try for that and start working on turning things around. Well, I think that's what it would take for it to be normal for, say, Absolutely. a 14-year-old boy or a 14-year-old anyone to have um, basically perceived a market need and supplied it. It would have to be normal for any young adult to basically have a business. That's the sort of mindset you would need in society. I think the way you can get there is by a real education. Absolutely. And the way to have real education is to get the government the hell out of it. Oh, you can say that again. The way you have real education... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's Ian's but, joke. By, by the way, um, your wife, Irina, is the new president of the Free State Project, which makes you the first... Man. I'm the first man. I'm the Bill Clinton of the Free State Project, <laughs> and that's that's brutal. Congratulations <laughs> to her, by the way. Uh, the two of you put together no the, one more qualified the uh, the Liberty Forum last year, and you and Irina did a fantastic job at that. And I think she's going to do great. Uh, in, what's she, what what is she planning on changing about the Free State Project? Does she have an agenda? Well, I think she has to send a missive to the people, but I think it centers around being more internet and less you know being more internet. I know the Free State Project was toying around with the, the idea about a year ago of making it so the 20,000 number, uh, the, the total number of movers they wanted, was a little bit, I guess, not as emphasized as heavily as it is today. And, and giving people the choice to say, well, I want to move, but I want to move in a year or two years or three years or something like that. Do you think she'll be moving in that direction? Hey, now you're talking important stuff, and for that, you have to talk to my wife. I know, but you were here, so I figured I'd take advantage of it. Anyway, thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We will join you tomorrow night online. You can join us in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And if you want to know more about the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, go to their website at freestateproject.org and click Liberty Forum. I think you'll find it pretty interesting, and I know we'll be talking about it more over the coming weeks. More on the way tomorrow night. See you online in the meantime. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.